Okay. Say hi to the millennials. <sighs> I, isn't that so funny that a portion of our YouTube subscribers are millennials? The it, base. Yeah. It's crazy. The base. Hello, millennials. Yeah. We appreciate your support. Mom and dad are here. Yeah. We can't believe you're watching us. <laughs> it's awesome. So maybe we can lend some advice that you'll listen to, but our kids won't. Yeah. Gen Z does not listen to us. No, not at all. But we're happy you're here. But uh, yeah, uh, we are happier here. I get Gen Z. <laughs> Were you Gen qualifying? I know. That? I was gonna say, Better wait, Gen Z, and I was like Gen X, and I was like, oh no, Gen Z doesn't yeah. listen. Yeah, we're Gen, Gen X. We are Gen X. It's so confusing. Uh, yeah, for those of you who are listening and can't see it, I have a Longhorn shirt on, and it's not a T-shirt. It's like a button tailored shirt with Longhorns all over it, and I'm I love it. I think I'm gonna wear it all the time. It's very Texas, but very cool. Like not just Texas. I'm going to wear it everywhere. Well, you're going to definitely wear it here in Bernie because that's where we're coming to you from today. Gear up. We are coming to you from the heart of Texas. Let's do it. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boy. Hey listeners, ever wonder what it would be like to blow up your comfort zone at the tender age of 50? Well, we did just that. When our last kid went off to college, we hit the road in search of a new hometown. Now we bounce from city to city and bring you along for the ride. This is the Skip Town All-Stars podcast. What's up, All-Stars? Welcome back to another edition of Skip Town. We're so excited to have you here today. How you doing? I'm doing great. I, I'm so happy to be here. This, First of all, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see this beautiful room that we are in. Mm-hmm. This room is insane. Uh, we, are, we are recording at the Kendall Hotel in Bernie, Texas. Bernie is spelled B-O-E-R-N-E, not yep. to be confused with born, which I did on the very last day of our trip. I actually said born to someone and I was so embarrassed because I did such a good job of saying Bernie the entire time I was here. And then the last day I blew it. You did. Yeah, it was really embarrassing. But uh, but we're in Bernie and we're at the Kendall Hotel and this is our fabulous room. We're in the St. John I want, it's a cottage, but it's like bigger than our first apartment. Like, the, well, first of all, the it's bathroom. It's a cathedral. It we're, is a cathedral. Our room is a cathedral. Yeah. I, the bathroom is bigger than our first apartment. This is bigger than our house that was in, in LA. This is enormous. It's pretty big. Yeah. And they have the, I don't know what they're called, the steeple church windows or what have you with, yeah. the, with the points on top. You could see it. Uh, all kinds of Western decor in here. It does look like a little small town church from the 1800s. Yeah, the outside and the inside. It is so beautiful and we are so fortunate to be here. So yeah, I'm excited to get this podcast uh, recorded in this uh, particular room. Yeah, for sure. So we would obviously like to thank Nicole at the Kendall Inn uh-huh, she's for fabulous. hooking us up with this amazing room. We can't thank you enough for the hospitality you and your staff have shown us while we've been here. The courtyard is incredible. The... Uh, We haven't had the pleasure of going to Peggy's on the Green yet, but you know that Peggy's on the Green is run by a chef that actually has his own, like he owns a restaurant in San Antonio. He named it after his mom. And long story short, uh, we're finally, they're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. So, (laughs) And we arrived too, like on Sunday, we arrived so late on Sunday and we'd already had dinner. So Sunday was out and we were so excited to have dinner on Monday and Tuesday and found, or Either day. Yeah. And found out they were both closed. So in keeping with the Skip Town tradition, we have obviously rolled up to another town where the restaurants are closed when we want to eat. Yep. Yep. That seems to be 
par for the course. So uh, I did not know that Peggy's was his mother's name. It is. Very oh. sweet, huh? Yeah. So we're going to have lunch there today before we head out. And for those of you who are going to visit Bernie, the Kendall Inn is actually right near the little town square, the park. Uh, there's a pavilion there where you can hear bands and all sorts of events. We'll get into one that we attended later. Yeah. Uh, but the bottom line is the Dinger restaurant, the Kendall Inn, everything is right here in the heart of Bernie, in the heart of Texas. You cannot get any more Texas than this city. Let's talk about this. Is it an inn or a hotel? I've been saying the Kendall Hotel and people ask me, you just called it an inn. What's the difference? I'm not entirely sure to tell you the truth. <laughs> uh, I think because this is more of a cottage type layout that it's more of an inn. Oh, it sounds fancy, doesn't it? Yeah, and I don't this know. place is pretty fancy. We're going to say it's an inn. All right, I'm taking that back. Kendall you, Inn. Yeah, but if you go to the website, it's just the Kendall. It's actually on the National Registry of Historic Places. Yeah, it is because it's one of the oldest, one of the buildings on here is like is one of the oldest buildings in uh, Bernie. Wow. Okay. So, uh, and uh, actually, President Eisenhower stayed here. Among oh. others, Confederate generals and all that. I heard Wyatt Earp. I heard Wyatt Earp actually made an appearance in Bernie. I don't know if he stayed at this hotel. Okay, I could have that wrong, but we'll just add him to the list. We're going to add him to the list. Wyatt Earp stayed at the Kendall. In the St. John room with us last night. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> creepy. He slept on the couch. That he slept on the couch, creepy. okay? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but uh, so everybody in town has been asking me to ask someone here at the hotel and I finally did is there a tunnel in the hotel and the answer is there used to be a tunnel in the hotel where people who would stay here uh, would use the tunnel to escape Comanche raids oh wow yeah so when the Native American tribes in the surrounding area uh, the Comanches are no joke by the way I think they're like top two or three all-time vicious OG vicious Native Americans yeah and they would actually kidnap white children and just basically bring them into the tribe and raise them as Comanches to the point where those kidnapped children would not want to leave the tribe uh, most dangerous Native Americans than their own parents. I guess so. Sounds the like our kids. Would, it does sound like our children. Okay, so Where, anyway. Is the tunnel still functioning? I, I don't believe the tunnel's still functioning. I couldn't quite get, there was a gray area on that answer. There always is. When there's something yeah. secret about a place, there was always a gray area. Yeah. I'm sure a few of the busboys know how to take the tunnel oh. to their cars to get out of Bernie quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know where this tunnel is. Why didn't you tell me this from the beginning? I've been. Well, I just found out this morning. Oh, so we've been gosh. here three days and everybody's been telling me to ask. I finally did. So there's your answer. We cannot confirm nor deny that there is a tunnel. No, they confirmed point. there's a tunnel. There was a tunnel. Okay. I don't know if it's still. I want to find this tunnel. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, so that's a scoop on the Kendall, but let's talk about how we got to Bernie in the first place. Yeah. Uh, Bernie. I mean, again, it's spelled born. Sounds like Ernie <laughs> and it's Bernie. Okay. Uh, it all started when I met a listener for lunch in San Antonio uh, a few weeks back mm -hmm. and she reached out, knew we were in Texas from our social media posts and, but sometimes can't always tell when we post because sometimes I'll post another city when we're in one, but she reached out, said, Hey, are you in Texas? If so, if you ever come to San Antonio, I'd love to show you around. Uh, I live right near it. So I met her for lunch and it was such a nice visit. And she told me about this town she lived in called Bernie. 
And I thought, okay, uh, I'll have to look this up. And she said, if you ever come back to this area, I'd love to show you my town because that day we were in San Antonio. Okay. And this is while you were in Egypt, by the way. Yeah, I was in Egypt. I had no <laughs> idea any of this was going on until you texted me uh, for yeah. me one night and you said, oh, we're going to meet with a listener in San Antonio. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. It was really fun. And we've done this once before and you never know what you're going to get when you meet up with a listener. I mean, just don't. Like, they could think you're strange, which is likely. usually the case. Highly likely. They could be tremendously underwhelmed oh, upon for meeting sure. us. Yeah. And you never know what you, what we're going to get. So, um, But she seemed so nice in all of her texts. I looked at her Instagram, married kids. Anyway, I, I was actually looking for- She didn't for- creep you out? No, not at all. Okay, not good. at all. And so we had lunch. It was perfect. Her name is Sandra Cabista. Uh, I follow her on Instagram. Um, you could follow her on Instagram. She and her husband are uh, home are designing a beautiful home right now in Bernie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all that to say, I went back to Corpus Christi and then Bernie came up on my radar probably five days after having lunch with her. It's one of those things where you know when someone says something, then all of a sudden it's everywhere. That was Bernie. I think there was a Jim Carrey movie about this, right? The number 23 or 26 or 13 or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. Where he entered this psychosis where everything added up to the same number or something. Maybe. But this isn't a Google thing or a Jim Carrey thing. This isn't like I said it in a phone and she said it and all of a sudden Bernie's coming up on my like Google feed. This was legitimately like people I bumped into or, you know, whatever the case may be. Bernie. So I said to James, we got to go back to Bernie. And, and it was perfect because then I texted Sandra and said, I, we're coming to Bernie, like your hometown that I never heard of, that um, I never thought I would be coming through again. We're actually coming back in a week and a half. And To in, which I said, where the hell is Bernie? You did. Yeah. And then I had to spell it for you because you, you were looking it up. Yeah. You I were looking not, up. I couldn't even Google it. Like Bernie. Burning how, bush kept coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't I do not that. want to go visit the burning bush. It's a little too biblical for my taste. So in the research, um, I also came across, we came across a sculptor who lives in Bernie by the name of Pat Childress. Pat. Yes. And I really wanted to talk to him. He's an amazing sculptor, has, um, you know, pieces in galleries and has a piece in front of the Longview Public Library in yeah. Texas. So it was really, I was hoping to get some time with him and, you know, do possibly an Ask a Local. And that's another uh, episode that we do for YouTube only, which is where we interview a local from an area. And he's a sixth generation Texan. Yeah. So it was perfect. Any case, we met Pat and then through Pat, we met other people. So being in Bernie, Whoa, we have not stopped, not to mention looking at real estate. Oh my gosh, the real estate. Uh, Okay, so upon first arriving into town, we are met with one of the sweetest little main streets you could ever be met with. It's true. I mean, you said it perfectly. When we came into Bernie, he said, this is the Texas that you picture in your head when you think of Texas. Yeah, this is the Texas you think you're going to get when you see the postcard and you show up there looking for a house, for sure. Yeah, no question about it. Um, it is picturesque, the main street. It is out of out of out of a magazine, for yeah. real. But the surrounding area is filled with ranches, from you know two acres to five acres to a hundred acres to a couple hundred acres. I, I, there's just all sorts of and uh, the views are spectacular because this is the Texas Hill Country that everybody talks about. 
So you do have, you know, sort of these palatial estates up on mountains. Mm -hmm. You have plenty of rolling hills, lots of greenery, way Mm -hmm. greener than California. Oh, yeah. Mountains aren't as high, but uh, in the middle of summer, I was expecting a lot more tumbleweed in this part of Texas. Oh, I had not thought of that, but you're right. It's really hot here. So that could very well have been the case, but it's not at all. So once we were done sort of taking in the initial views of the town, it was starting, the sun was starting to set. We were fortunate enough to be able to meet with Sandra and her husband, Nick, at their house. They hosted us for a little while and then we all went out to eat. Uh-huh. And it was, uh, you got to meet her for the first time. I had already met yeah. her and um, I was giving him the cliff notes on our lunch together. And um, yeah, and you got to meet her and I got to meet her husband, which we both did. And yeah. they were just super cool. Like I can't. Like it was, you know, you know, again, I met her at lunch, so I knew what to expect, but then meeting her husband, oh, they're, they're like, they're perfect together. They're both very cool people. They are for sure. Uh, what brought them here, I know is the schools. And I keep hearing this over and over again, like forget how beautiful the countryside is, forget how charming the main street is, forget the historical buildings that you see everywhere. It's the schools that are literally making people come here in swarms. And because of those great schools, you can only imagine what that's done for the property values around this place. Yeah, we learned a lot about property and home buying and all of that, sitting down with Nick and Sandra, and especially uh, like, you know, what what they purchased here in Bernie. They currently sit on five acres and oh, it's magnificent. And their house is very similar, similar to a lot of homes in Bernie where you drive off the beaten path to go to their home, but you would think, okay, I'm on this dirt road. It's going to be the only house here, but it's not. It's like there are houses scattered all over this dirt road that also have five acres, 10 acres. It's like a subdivision of acres acres and acres. It's it's crazy. I can't even explain it because when you say a subdivision, you think like houses on top of houses. It is a subdivision. It is because whoever owned this 200 acres um, originally divided it amongst 10 people, let's say. So it's subdivided with homes, but everyone has so much property. Yeah, between it's, 10 and 20 or 30 acres. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's it's exactly what we want. It absolutely is, I must say. <laughs> uh, if you're going to live in a subdivision, definitely check out this part of Texas because- Because your subdivision includes 10 acres. And not only that, your house is not cookie cutter. It doesn't look like the house next door. No. Uh, The difference is though, because of the ground, because the foundation under your house, there's a lot of, it's rock. Uh, So Not all of it though. A lot of it it is. It's better. We are in the foothills. We're in the hills. So, um, So, you know, that means digging a well- You need to have your own propane to fuel your house, to heat your house. And you're also going to have to have your own septic system. You're not a big fan of that. No, no, not at all. (laughs) When I heard all of that, I was like, wait a second, hold on. I I even asked you about the propane. I'm like, why can't they have like, why, why they have electricity? Sorry. They do have electricity. They do have electricity. (laughs) Why can't they have natural gas. I don't understand why they have to have a propane tank. Why? I don't understand. I think understand. it's just way more accessible. It's easier to have a propane uh, system put in for your heat than it is to, you know, a lot of times with natural gas, you have to get that pumped in. I think individually compartmentalized house to house to house 
it's just easier to have a propane tank. That's really out in the country for me. I'm not lying. It, when I heard all of that, I was like, whoa, do they have Wi-Fi? And they do have Wi-Fi. <laughs> they do have Wi-Fi <laughs> because they have electricity and cable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is a little bit of a Hank Hill thing. Okay. Peggy, yeah. we need some propane. It is very much a Hank Hill thing. But I look at these mansions because there's, look, we're in, te- we're in the South and we're in Texas. So you can have a double wide on 20 acres and you can have a mansion on 20 acres, 20 acres. That septic tank has to be really big for a mansion. It, I would think it would be a little larger That's than, yeah, huge. than for a three plus two. Yeah. I think about stuff like that when we're driving. Uh-huh. But the good news is if you have a hundred acres, you got the room for it. So, but the one thing that you and I quickly realized even though Bernie was starting to check a lot of boxes for us right away. Oh, it, yeah. Cute town. Near an airport. Close to an airport, like a half an hour to San uh-huh. Antonio airport. Close to a big city, bigger, bigger city, San Antonio. You had your grocery store. Right there. Uh-huh. Plenty of things to do for the kids here in town when they were to vi- if they were to visit. And in San Antonio. So yep. they could like, you know, they could go take a little 30 minute drive and be right in the heart of an adorable downtown area if they were tired of this main street downtown. Yeah. Plus, there are like another 10 small downtown areas around this area. Yeah. That everyone's really nice. So it it hit every checkbox except affordability for us. And that was something we started to realize by day two. Yes. Checking out Zillow. We are talking uh, three bedroom, two bath houses from 600K at least and up. Those are fixer uppers. So Bernie, as it turns out, is a little more well-to-do at the moment than the Skip Town All-Stars are. (laughs) (laughs) It is such a disappointment. I'm not going to lie. We rolled in and we were like, oh, we think this could be our place. And then Realtor.com was like, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. So, uh, But it did not deter us. No. We wanted to still see as many houses and uh, neighborhoods as we could around and look, like I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm an optimist. Things can change. Things can change. And you know, and we could maybe one day. I always, I'm, I'm not ruling anything out. So for me, I'm like, let's dig in. Let's pretend like we could live here. Yeah. And let's see how it goes. And so we did. Yeah. And so the next day, we actually had the privilege of meeting up with Pat Childress and his wife Carol Ann. We did. Who is a hoot? Oh yeah. Okay. So. We were anticipating sitting down with Pat, talking about his artwork. Uh, By the way, Pat became an artist at the age of 59 after having a very successful business career. So Gen Xers, you are out of excuses. Absolutely. I mean, he is an example of if you want to do something, do it. And if you love it, you can be successful at any age. He sells his artwork. He is commissioned to do portraits. I mean, his art is in galleries, his art is around town. He has a website, which we'll obviously put in the liner notes and and here. And, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll, you'll, you'll see the website. It's patchildress.com. Any case, we're just going to talk about art. We get to his house and we immediately go gun shooting. It was is so much fun. So he mentioned a town called Bandera, Texas, and yeah. we'd never heard of it. I'd never been there. No, never heard of it. Was never on my radar. Turns out John Wayne filmed a lot of his movies there. Yeah, we uh, we could see why. When you roll up into Bandera, it looks like something from a movie set. Yeah. Whereas Bernie looks like something out of a magazine. 
Bandera looks like something really out of a movie set. It It is pretty dang authentic when yeah. it comes to cowboy vibe. Uh, it is the cowboy capital of the world, allegedly. Uh, there are at least 10 dude ranches in that area. Oh, I see you got that fact from Pat, didn't you? I did, okay. yeah. Uh, and so it's a huge mecca. You know, a, a lot of times I think families want to go to a dude ranch in Wyoming or Montana. Well, guess what? This is actually a destination place. Bandera, Texas is a destination place for people who want that dude ranch experience. I can see why. I mean, I there's plenty of property and downtown Bandera is super cute. So I could see a family hanging out on a dude ranch and then, you know, let's go into town and that town being so authentic as yeah. to Texas. We ended up having lunch at one of their downtown diners on their main street. And it was so cute and so good. And you ended up making a friend after lunch, didn't you? I did. So first we had lunch at the old Spanish trail mm -hmm. or everybody there knows it colloquially. I always have so much trouble saying that well, word. It's just too big of a word for you. So just don't say it. Colloquially as the OST. Uh, it was Really good. The cheeseburger was great. The vibe was great. They have walls and walls of John Wayne paraphernalia, photos, uh, you name it. Maybe props from the movie, I think. There's a John Wayne room. That's where we had our lunch, yeah. which was pretty incredible. So uh, Pat and Carol Ann, thank you for taking us there. That's definitely one thing we would not have visited had it not been for you. And then right across the street, there is a uh, general store. Mm -hmm. And to your earlier reference, yes, I did make a friend there at the Bandera General Store. I got to meet the owner, Glenn. We're going to feature him in a future uh, Ask a Local episode when we do one for Bernie slash Bandera, I guess. But uh, <laughs> the the big takeaway for Glenn is that when all these families show up at the dude ranches and they realize, oh, little Jenny forgot her boots or we didn't know we needed boots to be on a dude ranch, uh, all the ranches send that send those families and those people down to Glenn's store where he has an amazing selection of used boots. Actually, some pretty stylish boots. So I'm not sure all of them are good for working cattle. But um, if you ever need a pair of used boots that are in great shape and quality and probably stylish, go check out Glenn and Bandera. I bet there's a lot of um, city families that go to dude ranches thinking that the ranch is going to have cowboy boots. I mean, I would never have anticipated bringing cowboy boots to a dude ranch. I know that sounds stupid, right? Yeah. Like you're going to go to a beach and you don't bring a bathing suit. But I would think... It does sound like that. Yeah, but I would think that if I'm there for a week, they would have boots for me. Uh, they don't though, clearly. You think they would have racks and racks of boots for people just yeah, sitting around? I actually do. Yeah, I do. But they... I'm from the city. So yes, I would think that. Yeah. yeah. I would think there are people that show up with like, oh, we got Timmy, his old sneakers. He's going to be fine. And the and the guys are like, no, that's not going to work. That's a great business model. Just, you know, I mean, he has a whole store, but he did have a back section that was just racks and racks of used cowboy yeah. boots. He could literally just take those cowboy boots and do a pop-up. I was going to say, if you did a boot <laughs> truck on yes. the side of the road with a big sign, you know how they say strawberries, you just, your sign says boots and you just have all sorts of boots. Oh, I think you'd get idea. a lot of action on a Saturday and Sunday. I would have to place it um, uh, specifically like in between three dude ranches or four dude. Like I'd have to be very logical about where I'm, my location, place. Location, location, location. Yeah. That's for any business. Say. Yeah. For any Even business. the pop-up. Even your boot truck. Yep. Yeah.
So uh, anyway, thanks to Glenn for taking us around. I guess there's a little ghost in Glenn's shop. We're going to talk about that as well in his upcoming Ask a Local. All right. So that was our Bandera experience. But after that, we got to do a quick drive through of- No, that was not our Bandera, exper- our Bandera experience. Why not? You think our Bandera experience- Was a cheeseburger and meeting Glenn. It was shooting guns. Oh, but that was before lunch. That was after lunch. Do you not even remember? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have to see if you see a doctor. I'm going to get tested. Uh huh. We went and shot guns because it's, it, we went to the shooting range. Yeah. We went to the shooting range. So yeah. Pat asked, Do you want to go shooting? And I was like, Sure. We're in Texas. The, this is, yeah. Yeah. We're in Texas. Let's go. Let's go shooting. Yeah. And you actually got to uh, break out your own little 22 pistol. I did. For the very first time. I did. And then I shot three other guns. So I was four guns total. That- shot a 44, a 38, and a 22 rifle. Yes. Yeah. The 38 had a very nice pink handle. It did. It did. It was, um, a, I felt it was a really powerful gun. I don't know how to, like what the proper terminology is, but when I shot that gun, it felt like I was shooting a gun and the other guns felt more like BB guns. And I know that that is- It felt more substantial. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a larger round. So um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. So target shooting was great. We also had the privilege of getting to see Carol Ann in action. Oh, okay. Carol Ann is incredible. She's a grandma, but you do not mess with this grandma. Uh, she, she, she's no business. She, that pink, that, that gun with the pink handle, that's Carol Ann's. Mm-hmm. With the pink uh, headphones. Oh yeah. Headphones. Yeah. The headphones match. With the pink earmuffs. Yeah. That's her motif, yeah. for sure. The pink handle and the pink uh, headphones, earmuffs. Yeah, uh-huh. That that's Carol Ann. Yeah. So when I was talking to her, I said, uh, "Oh, so what inspired you to settle on the 38? Because I know enough about pistols and firearms and all that to, you know, hold my own in a conversation. But I just, you know, I'm always interested. Why did you choose what you chose? And she said that the distance of accuracy with that thing to her doorway in the bedroom when Pat's not there with her is the exact distance she needs to put someone down if they come through that door. (laughs) And every time you would hit your target, she would go, he's bleeding out. He's bleeding out. Well, the best part was I looked at Carol Ann, who was sitting in the backseat of the truck with me. And I said, there are no instructors here. And she looked at me. And what did she say? She goes, I'm going to teach you. (laughs) Grandma said, I'm going to teach you. And uh, and she and Pat did. Oh, my gosh. It was so hot out there. I know. It was over 100 degrees. We were sweating. We were, oh, I think we would have stayed out there a lot longer had it not been so hot. But uh, you got to try the whole array. I did. Uh, you actually were taught by someone who is a responsible owner. Oh, very much so. He- and knew how to handle uh, all three of his weapons. And mm-hmm. then we taught you how to use yours. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, it it was a pretty successful day overall. So I, I felt really good. I'm very nervous, you know, around guns, and especially not having been on a on a range in years. It's been like three years since I you had taken me. Yeah. So there was some trepidation about, oh, maybe I'll just watch. That's honestly how I felt. Maybe I'll just watch. And then when he handed me the rifle, I was really like, oh, I, I was more worried about the kickback. Like it, that's what I. 
that concerns me the most because I feel like if you don't have control of a gun, it's never a good feeling and it's never good for anyone near you. Right. So I was really nervous about not having control of that rifle, but that was one of the easier uh, guns that I fired that day. And just the whole experience, Pat and Carol Ann were fantastic, very knowledgeable, both of them. So I felt really good being in their presence, handling the weapons. Yeah. And uh, when it was all said and done, you had a pretty successful day. You ended up hitting the uh, you ended up hitting the X on one of the targets. I did. I hit. I guess is it the bullseye? It was. It was a bullseye. Yeah. Technically, yeah. Yeah. Right I, in the gut. I did. I I got the X. It was pretty incredible. And uh, yeah. And so I felt like it was a success. It was a success. And I think you figured out that you're probably more of a 38 owner than a 22 owner. I think so. You've had I'm a bad experience in the past on a nine mil. Anyway, we're not going to get into gun specs or whatever, but the bottom line was- it The was bad experience su- was on the gun range, okay? It is not- Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I should say that. you had a bad experience with a nine mil, but enough about the old neighborhood. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it did come out sort uh, of weird, A little I bit, a little, a little bit. sideways. Uh, but anyway, uh, so, okay, you're right. So then we went- Went to the, we finished the shooting range and then we were fortunate enough. Pat took us uh, on a tour of his studio. Yes. And um, we uh, interviewed him quite a bit in his studio talking about his artwork. The best thing about Pat's art, and you'll see this in his Ask a Local, is that he really does uh, tap in. He There's a spirituality to his work where he taps into sort of the Native American inspiration, the African American inspiration. Yep. It's it's unique as an older white man it's true. <laughs> to be able to depict these sort of images, uh, disenfranchised populations in such a way. It's really incredible. His talent is just and he, uh, the the emotions come through. I was just going to say, you see, you see the emotions, and I was you just took the words out of my mouth. You actually, when yeah. you're looking at the portraits, whether it's a sculpture, a bronze sculpture, or an oil painting that he's done, you 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 it conjures a feeling in you. So Pat and Carol Ann, like they literally had to kick us out of their house because we had so much fun with them. We, we were peppering them with questions until about the sun, the time the sun was about to set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so we left their place and the next day uh, we ended up going to the Cibolo Brewing Company on Main Street. Pat is friends with the family that owns this brewing company and their son, Josh, was kind enough to open up the brewery for us on a day that it's closed and do something called a beer flight. Now, I'm not a beer drinker. I know what a flight is. So I had a pretty good idea of what this was going to entail. I was really excited for you. Like I knew I was going to be the passenger on this journey because I'm not really much of a beer drinker. But you, on the other hand, you, you have drank quite a bit of beer in the past. I don't know how to respond to that <laughs> other than to say guilty as charged. Uh, yeah, there is this, there was especially an era where I was a huge beer drinker, uh, IPAs, all sorts of stouts, you name it. Uh, I went through that whole phase. Uh, more or less lately, though, I'm like a lager and a nap kind of guy. <laughs> And so I remember our first, um, not our first date, but the first time I made dinner for you, I knew you were a beer drinker. So I made you, do you remember the first dinner I made for you? Red beans and rice and collard greens. Yeah. And I remember asking a guy at work who was also a beer drinker, what goes with a Cajun dish? And I think I got you, I think I got you Stella. I cannot remember, but yeah, I- Yeah, it was Stella. Yeah. And uh, so I remember you were a beer drinker and I was like, okay, what do you pair with this meal? Yeah. 
And it turns out beer is always a good answer. <laughs> but no, yesterday we learned <laughs> we did that there are different pair, different yeah. beers to pair with different foods. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. So going back to me asking my friend, I knew that there were you know look, there are just certain beers that are nice to have with a certain meal. Yeah. So, but we upon arriving, we met with Josh, and there's another Josh there, yeah. and we met with a handful of the uh, his friends and a, a, another manager at another restaurant, and they were all just sort of chilling. And uh, I felt bad. We broke up their party like right away. We did. They were I, hanging out, having a good time, and then all of a sudden, it was Josh put on his business cowboy hat. He's like the travel podcasters are here. Go yeah, away. Exactly. <laughs> he so, he didn't say go away, but they all scurried, and we did. I was like, oh, we just broke this fun up. I know. Um, uh, but the quick story on Cibolo Brewing Company is there's also a, a, a restaurant in the back, right? Oh, well, the whole place is a restaurant, but the back patio is really great. There's picnic benches back there. It's kind of like you can go and feel like you can hang out all day. Now, I don't know if they let you. I'm sure they do because they actually have live entertainment. There's a little stage back there on that on that back patio. Oh, I did not see the stage. Mm-hmm. I was I must have walked right by Nobody it. was performing when we were there. They were closed. I know, I know. But I was back there. I obviously walked right by it because I was headed right to where they um, have the, the brewing room. The tanks, yeah. Yes. So I, I clearly missed that, but it is a very, um, what's the word comfortable place to hang out. And, and Josh said it more than once that it feels like for some people it's their living room and to describe your business restaurant as that, that's a huge compliment. Like when people say, I want to come and hang and I'm going to spend, you know, a few hours, like that's, you're a successful business owner. I feel when you have that kind of clientele. For sure. And the whole family is sort of in on the game. I mean, his brother-in-law, Ty, is the brewmaster. Uh-huh. Uh, he, uh, his parents will pop in. So they are, you know, sort of all, they all co-own this thing. Yes. And the parents will pop in, pour themselves one and go sit with the clients, <laughs> the, the locals that they know. Uh, and it really, you know, as Josh describes it, it's one of those situations where his wife will come in or their daughter will go back and high five the cooks and the, the uh, bartenders and all that. And yeah. it really, you kind of got that. I mean, we were only with Josh yesterday, but you could sort of envision everything he was talking about just based on the vibe of Bernie at large, but then specifically the vibe of his establishment. I agree. And I find it funny that Pat called his mom and dad, like this is small town. This is how it works, but this is a a big business. This isn't like a local diner, but Pat basically called his mom and dad who are Pat's neighbors. And we're like, Oh, you know, uh, there are these travel podcasters here. Do you want to show them around? have Josh come in on his day off, open yeah. it up for us. It's just the whole small town, like, Hey, no problem. I'm here. And Pat, you know, called my parents and you wouldn't get that in LA. No, <laughs> First of all, you couldn't like- even find the owner's phone number. And if right. he was your neighbor, he's got, you know, a gate as, as high as 20 feet. So you're not going to get past the housekeeper. I mean, oh, yeah. it's just- it'd be a restaurant group and there'd be like 10 owners and it would be just one corporate banner that you can never reach anybody through. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're in a, we're in a small town Bernie, and we get this really down home feel for a very successful family that own two businesses and are helping just revitalize the downtown area and just serve delicious food and amazing beer. So let's let's talk about the beer. I was just gonna say, yeah, everybody's kind of like get to the beer, guys. So uh, their most popular beer by far is a, a lager style beer. It is a blonde. 
and it was delicious. I could see, especially it, I mean, it really did hit the spot because it was so <laughs> hot yesterday. It's been so hot. We also got to try an Oktoberfest, uh-huh. which was not nearly as heavy as I thought it was going to be. It was okay. really tasty. Um, I don't know. What did you think? You seem to like that one, actually, if I, I remember. I did. And I've only had beer twice in my life and both times was Corona. And he said that really didn't count. That does not count. Yeah. So um, it was for a novice with a palate that is not um, bastardized. Is that the word? <laughs> sure. Okay. That's, that's uh, a word. That's a choice. <laughs> uh, that's a choice. I, I could tell that the, I thought that the blonde tasted like a beer, just like a beer. And then the Oktoberfest, though, was more hearty. Is that the word? A little bit. Yeah. But it definitely had like fruitier notes and all that. Yes. I thought so, it was good. I liked that one. Yeah. It was definitely a harvesty tasting beer. Okay. For sure. It. I think it would probably match well with pumpkin pie. Oh. Or okay. turkey. He or said anything. brats. Oh yeah. He did. He did say brats. So it is an Oktoberfest beer. Yeah. Naturally it would be. And there's a huge German presence here in this part of Texas. Yeah. So uh, I guess it does stand to reason. Yeah. It would go delicious with brats. I thought it would go delicious with anything. I thought it was a good drinking beer. Um, and then we got to try the Lost Mail Pale Ale. Okay. And then the Creekside IPA. Yeah, but he said he was very specific. He said it's a West Coast IPA. Yeah. Because a West Coast IPA has You get diff- more of like a, sort of a, a piney sort yes. of uh, vibe to it. Uh, it was it definitely did feel more like a Sierra Nevada or um, Stone Brewery type IPA, with the exception that the Creekside is very drinkable. It did not punch you in the face like some of the Stone Brewery beers do. Um, and then finally, we got to try- uh, Watermelon. I want to say- Go say, go say. I don't. I think G O S E. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. And I've never heard of it. And I asked him, yeah. "Is this? Have you ever heard of it?" I've never had one before. No, have I've never heard? heard of it. No. Because I asked him, "Is this just a Texas thing?" And he said, "No." And I'm like, "I don't think I've ever heard this in L.A." And he's like, "You have, but because I'm not a beer drinker, yeah. I guess I wouldn't even pick up on that." But you're a beer drinker, and you never heard of it either. It's a sour, though. I, I haven't really dipped into too many sours before. Uh, I, th- I think I've had one in the past 10 years. So, uh, that said though, it wasn't super, it wasn't super tart. Uh, it tasted a lot like, a, you know, I thought for you, I thought you would really like it because to me, it tasted more like a cocktail with a little zing at the end. It did. I agree with you. It was a lighter going down yeah. and had a little zing. You're right. The perfect word. It had a little zing at the end, yeah. but, um, out so of get all it of with them- your raspberry pecan salad, babe. That you know what he said that was a salad a summer he said it's a summer beer goes great with salad so uh, at any rate uh, they picked out five really killer things for us to taste I could have I could have drank easily three more of those blondes in full pint sizes but we did not do that um, Josh was kind enough to give us a tour of their operations we got to see five uh, huge tanks brewing in the back and then the entire distribution system how these guys are able to serve. I think it was 11 beers out of the taps, like yeah. right there behind the bar. That's what he said. And from the street, you would not think that they could put out that sort of variety, uh, but they managed to do it. He walked us through that and you're going to be able to see it all. I cannot stress it enough. If you're not going to YouTube and subscribing to our channel there, you're missing out on a lot of great content. The actual voices of the people and the sites that we're seeing as we're going through these places 
Josh's tour was great. It's a good insight into a small business and how they're able to pump out such oh, volume of beers. It is not a small business. It's really he not. He has 65 employees. Oh, that's true. We talked about yeah, this. Uh, he called it a small yeah. business and we corrected him. Yeah. I think over 50 employees, technically, you're 65? not a small business oh, anymore. Oh, oh, is yeah. it 50? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He I has- think 50 is a cutoff and he's at 65. You're Between right. that and, uh, oh, <laughs> one thing we left out is they actually own a place called Hamby's across the street where you can get uh, all sorts of hamburgers. That's more of a walk-up counter type establishment, but- uh, No, they have an arcade in there as well. They do. Yeah. yeah. So it Beers. is- it's a window service, but you can also go inside and, yeah. uh, you know, have fun and order shakes and fries and burgers. So it is just, um, an extension of Cibolo, but different. So yeah. the same, but different. Yeah. So check out Hamby's as well. If you're ever in Bernie, I mean that little section of town, they, so that family sort of has it on lock, <laughs> right? They have the restaurant, they have the brewery, uh-huh. and then across the street, they have the burger joint uh-huh. with the arcade. And one of the funniest stories that he told us is it's not uncommon for him to be, or his employees to be back and forth all day. One of the restaurants needs a box of potatoes. They uh-huh. make all the potato, they make all the French fries like fresh uh-huh. at both places. So uh, we're leaving out something that's tremendously important. I was going to mention, but go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I'll let you do it. You go. Uh, They are essentially a farm to table restaurant. So as as many of the proteins as they can find locally sourced from renowned ranches in this area. Organic too. Yeah. Uh, And just everything that goes into their food is coupled with just a lot of thought and love. And it's, I just love that they are trying to keep the aesthetics of uh, Bernie, which has kind of been the theme I'm getting from most people here. They have no interest in coming in and putting their mark on the downtown area. They're a lot like Laurel, where they just want to uh, revitalize it. And even when Josh walked us through the ex- expansion of the restaurant, because they did have to expand it to bring in the uh the brew house part of it, they use the wood from the other part of the house that they yeah, took the apart. Speed rail. Yep. Yeah. And put it on the ceiling. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I like that detail. Yeah. I, I would classify, especially just walking through main street, Bernie, uh, new rustic would be the yeah. way I would, I think I would describe it best. It definitely pays homage to the traditional architecture and materials used yeah. in you know, what you would think would be an old Western town. Uh, but there's a new twist. Everything feels fresh and still country, but modern, you know? Yeah, that is very true. I felt the same way. So uh, you ended up, I guess, also through Pat. All roads lead back to Pat, by the way. Yeah. He's like... He, the de facto mayor for us uh, in is. our time here. He he was definitely the ambassador of Bernie for us. No question about it. Pat knows everyone. Yeah. Pat was kind enough to put you in touch with the band, the, the MC of, the, I don't know. Tell us about the German band. Okay. So there's a German band that plays in Bernie. And well, actually they play all over, but their name is the Bernie Village Band. And they're one of the oldest German bands in the United States. They formed in the 1800s. Yeah, they're 160 years old. Yeah. And um, they were even given a certificate from Germany as like one of the what's the word? Like they represent German music so well in the States, like that sort of thing. Like 
it's incredible. They got an associate's degree yeah, in Germanology, they did. Van, Germanology they did. band work. They did. It's incredible. And so <laughs> Put they, that on the certificate. That's the that's the actual word. That's what it is. And um, so they uh, they play in the town square. I mean, I call it the town square. It's it's the park, but it's beautiful. And they play every Tuesday uh, during the month of June and July here in Bernie. But if you don't catch them here, they play all over town and they yeah. travel. Not And I say town, I don't mean like Bernie, like they play all over Texas and they travel yeah. and they have an MC and this gentleman named Ken, oh, I'm going to butcher his last name, <laughs> Ken Nietenhofer. <laughs> Did that what sound, was that? Did that sound German? Nietenhofer. Nietenhofer? Yeah, Nietenhofer. Okay. Ken Nietenhofer. Anyway, he's German, speaks German. You don't say lives in Bernie and is the MC of this band. So what that means is um, when the band plays in Bernie, because uh, I don't believe he travels with them. I know for a fact he doesn't travel with them because he's, he's a musician himself. He is. And he's a trumpet player. And they've asked him to be in the band, but he doesn't like to travel because uh, they travel a lot. So when they are in Bernie. Yeah, he says 20 plus weeks a year or something yes, like that. They're just yes. going, going, going. He's the MC, And what that means is he tells stories before every song every german song and um his stories are so much fun it keeps you engaged and um they played for an hour and a half yesterday and we had the pleasure of not only watching the um bernie village band play but we got to interview ken beforehand asking him about his life in bernie he came here in the 70s and he did say in the 70s there was one stoplight and one sheriff yep. so a lot has changed uh he said at one point there was 8,000 people, and that seemed like a lot, and yeah. now there are almost 20,000 people. He suspects over, yeah. that it's more than that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Last count, uh, well, so I know on the sign coming into town, it says about 10,000 since the last census. They haven't updated the sign yet, though. I think it's around 26,000. So mm -hmm. just in the past seven or eight years, it's almost tripled in size. Yeah, he said that they don't update the that sign, but every 10 years. So it's due for an update. The the German pool here, I you know, not being a little bit about not it. being from Texas, you don't you just don't equate Germans with Texas, you no, know. No, you don't. But you know what who else has a really big German uh following is New Braunfels. Yeah, New Braunfels is a German name, yeah. so you and know, that's it only makes like, sense, I guess. Like what 30 minutes away, but yeah. we learned that uh before World War II, a lot of Germans settled here. So no, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, it was before no, the was Civil War. The it was yeah. in the 18. It was during World War II where they were really trying to stay out of everything. Yeah. That's so what we learned. You find a whole generation of Germans who are from Texas who do not speak German because it was not very popular around World War II to be known as a German, right? But as you can imagine. So uh, there's there there is a more recent generation of German descendants here in Texas that don't know how to speak the native tongue. Yeah, but they have been here for since the 1800s. Hundreds you're of years yeah, now, yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I didn't know that. Like, you're like a, a German Texan. Yeah. Who knew? This doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. Now it does explain why Texans are so tough, I guess. It does, yeah. yeah. Uh, a brat and spurs. <laughs> a brat and spurs. Uh -huh. So anyway, uh, it ended up being a great evening. The, uh, the finale was not a German song. It was a Texas medley. They played deep in the heart of Texas. They did. With the so funny to hear with a tuba. And an accordion. Yeah. 
was pretty killer. Uh, I had the pleasure when they were finished of meeting. I so we did not get a chance to meet Larry, the band leader, who's the director. Been a band, he's like the fourth or fifth generation in his family band leader. Yeah, something like it's that. insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had the pleasure of meeting his son, Sean who, you know, gave me a little bit of backdrop on Larry and sort of, you know, his role in the band. And I, you know, my sense is just based on his good nature and uh, the vibes of the band and everything that Sean is probably the future band leader. Oh, very well. Could be. Yeah. What I found interesting is when I hear of a German polka band, I just think old people like they're 80 years old and they're playing their old German music. Uh, Sean was young. Sean, Sean was, was like probably there were a lot of band members that were young yeah. and they're not all German. No. Okay. So that was a perfect way to go out for us. Yeah. And that kind of sums up our experience in the handful of days we've been here in Bernie. But if we haven't sold you on how, how cool a place this is so far, despite the skyrocketing real estate market, uh, one of the advantages in addition to the schools, as I found out, will you humor me for a second? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, I got into the crime reports. Pat gave me a newspaper and he said, you're going to want to check these out. So I didn't even think there was crime in Bernie. There's crime. There is crime. And oh. I'm going to get into it. It's actually, uh, it's actually, uh, it's pretty intense. Uh, All on right. July 1st, it's 739 AM. A caller reported a large dog in the road. Oh, the dog was taken to the animal shelter and animal control took over. Okay. It gets worse. Going back to June 27th, a caller reported they could hear noises outside their property. The caller initially thought the noise was animals, but later thought it just may be a person making animal noises. The caller told dispatch the noise sounded as though it was coming from their neighbor's field. What was it? I don't know. There's no result on that. It's very mysterious. <laughs> that is mysterious. Very mysterious. That's very scary and dangerous. Here's another one. On June 28th, 7.53 p.m., okay. right as the sun's about to set, a caller reported a vehicle driving on the interstate they found to be suspicious. <laughs> was it the us? Vehicle was, was it us? <laughs> I thought initially it was us, but it was not. The, call, the vehicle was occupied by three males. The caller was suspicious because of a flag on the back of the vehicle. I have no idea what this flag was. Oh my God, I want to know. And because he had seen the vehicle driving around the caller's neighborhood. Law enforcement made contact with the males, and it turns out they were just enjoying a scenic drive. <laughs> I want to know. Smoking what this, a little weed and hanging out. <laughs> I want to know what this flag was. I know. Oh my gosh, I'm dying right now. Here's the worst one of all, though. Buckle up, I people. I bet you it was a California this flag. Is, this is, it might have been. I bet you it was a California flag. Been. Go ahead. It might have been. June 30th, 8.16 a.m., a caller reported a cow that was in the middle of the road deciding which way they wanted to go for breakfast. The cow or the person? It does not say. <laughs> But at 8.40 a.m., 24 minutes later- Who got eggs and bacon? A dozen goats had gotten out on the road and were ready to follow the cow for breakfast. <laughs> this is awesome. This Is this real? Are you literally like, let me see this. Look at this. this the is, Bernie Star. Oh, this is the crazy. The Bernie Star printed locally. Okay, this is crazy. I know. So, of course, there are stories in there of a car being stolen and somebody got their tools taken out of the back of their truck or whatever. There was a but, car actually stolen. Yeah, there was. Uh, actually, it was, a, it was not a car. It was a crane from a construction site. 
<laughs> Where do you hide that? I don't know. Where do you hide that? There's a lot of property around here. Can you imagine? No. It's like It's like one of those uh, stupid 80s movies where they're just like throwing tree branches over the crane to but try wait, and hide it. The cranes, it has that really tall arm. It so does, they have yeah. to hide it behind an oak tree. No idea. No idea what that's all about. You know they found it. it uh, the, 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 the takeaway is uh, I don't see any murders in here. And at most, it's uh, it seems like blue collar guys stealing each other's stuff. So, oh my god, everything we talked about with some of the locals here, and they're like, yeah, like especially when they're living on ten acres by themselves, they tend to leave their cars unlocked at night. Yeah. I think you can get away with it here. I remember um, asking somebody back in New Mexico who had a lot of property when we were visiting New Mexico. I said, "Are you scared, like on this property by yourself?" And they were like, "No." Like, why would I be scared? There's acres and acres. And I'm thinking, oh, somebody's going to jump the fence. And I'm yeah. like, no, not scared at all. No. Plus, everyone here is packing. Don't come up on grandma in that casita. Not while she's baking. You're going to get a belly full. Yeah. And not the kind you want. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's all I got. You got anything else for Bernie? It's a killer town. I would love to come back. What's your top five? Oh, wow. My top five. Uh, my top five would be... Well, let me see. In order of arriving into town, meeting Sandra and Nick. Okay. Meeting Pat and Carol Ann. You're going to take all of mine. Okay. This is, no. Redo. Meeting Pat and Carol Ann is my number two. Going to the shooting range with Pat. Stop it. Going to Pat's studio and meeting all of Pat's friends. So those are my top five right there. So four were Pat and one were Sandra and Nick. Absolutely. And Sandra actually got to meet Pat. So that's awesome. So it came full circle. It did. Yeah. What about you? All right. Here we go. My top five are, um, well, everywhere you go, uh, it takes 10 minutes, maybe 15 at the most. So for me, I love that. Even though they complain about Main Street traffic, I just ha 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 laugh at that. There is no such thing in my my world. Uh, The second one was this beautiful hotel, the Kendall. Uh, Just... Where you lodge can make or break, I think, your experience. You could have a great experience during the day and then dread coming back to your room at night. We've been there. It's happened to us uh, on the road. And this, by far, was something I looked forward to every night. So I love this hotel. It's my number two. Uh, Number three, obviously, was meeting Josh Cibolo. Number four, I don't even want to put Pat at number four because he's really number one. But I have so much PTSD over traffic that I place traffic number one. So I'm going to move Pat to number one because the shooting range is amazing. I'll Pat's got to be number one. Yeah, I'll put traffic at number four and I'll hopefully get cured of this PTSD one day soon. And then number five, I would say meeting Sandra and Nick were number five. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, um, it's tough. I would say I would have to, I have to jockey them. Like maybe I move Sandra and Nick to number two and the Kendall to number five and then move Josh up to number three, maybe move Josh to two, Sandra and Nick to three. It's, it's all so difficult. I think it's not a popularity contest, hon. It's okay. I think everybody that you mentioned should be in the top five. Yeah, they're all, they were all incredible. Um, we go to cities and we've said this before because in our travels, everyone asks us uh, what we like. And the one thing I have to reiterate over and over again, it's not just always about real estate for us. Oh, the house is really cheap. We could live here. I think I've said it before in a podcast Mm -hmm. that um, some people have to live in an area because of work or they have to live in an area because it is affordable. We are so fortunate that we can exercise in our travels the right to say yes or no to a place. 
and the factors involved aren't just real estate. It is also the people you meet. And that has now, everyone knows I want to be near an airport. Everyone knows I want to be near a grocery store, but I, I have to tell you a year in almost, and those have now moved down the list. People and the experiences that we're having in a town for me have now moved up the list more importantly than how close the airport is. And being in Bernie uh, is just another example of how the people make our experience in the town a place that we would want to lay down roots. It's not just, can we afford it? Do we get a big piece of property? Um, it, it's, it's rare. And I can say that traveling for a year now, you would think it'd be easy to find nice people. It's not. Everyone's pleasant where we go. We've only had a couple experiences where people haven't been pleasant, but going out of their way and I don't know. I can't say bending over backwards. That's not, it's just them being them. Yeah. You can just sense their authenticity. So without bearing the lead, I think you could probably live in Bernie. Oh, I could live in Bernie. I don't know if Bernie wants me, but I could live in Bernie. We would be the riffraff here for sure. We would. That's a wrap for this amazing town. Cannot recommend it enough. Empty nest, full tank. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Bye.